0: You are listening to the Tell Podcast, The Eugene Life. I am your host, Aaron Stansbury, a local realtor with Keller Williams. This podcast is a positive look into the people and places that help make Lane County a great place to live. In today's podcast, I sit down with Amy Walsh, the CEO of Direction Service, and we discuss our top five bucket list. I am not in my normal studio located at the Keller Williams Realty Office on Suzanne Way next to Costco, but I am at the Direction Service headquarters located in gate- the Gateway area of Springfield with my guest, Amy Walsh, the CEO of Direction Service. Amy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. Awesome. awesome. You look great right now also. I don't know what you were just up to. Probably a really important meeting.
1: <laughs> well, we just, <laughs> we've just we had a really busy week around here, so winding down for the weekend. Oh,
0: awesome. Yeah. I have known Amy for around five or six years now. I first met Amy when I was, on, when I was the regional director of Youth Move Oregon. Um, then I joined the board of Direction Service um, just, just over three years ago now. Um, I am a, uh, uh, I'm so proud of uh, the work that Direction Service does um, throughout our community and has been doing for almost 40 years now, or over, just over 40 years. Yeah,
1: we'll celebrate 43 in October.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I right. I, I was at the 40th, but I couldn't remember. Time flies, yeah. right? Wow. 43. That's a long time ago. Already. It really was. Um, before we talk too much about direction service, though, I would like to give the listeners a little bit um, more information on who you are, Amy. And Sure. You know, The person that you are, I I think the world of you.
1: Thanks. Well, so much of who I am is tied up in this organization, Um, but let's see, I'm a native Oregonian, and like many of us, pretty proud of that fact. I grew up in a small town outside of Klamath Falls and moved to Eugene in 1999, and I came here because I had family that lived in the area, and I wanted to go to the university. But um, so now I think of Eugene as home, and and Klamath Falls is the place I'm from. But um, kind of an amazing state to be born and raised in. And um, I'm married to a wonderful partner. His name is David. And we've been married just over 10 years now. And we are a blended family. So I brought three daughters. And he brought a son and daughter into our family. And we are almost empty nesters. And Wow. It's a pretty fun time of life. Um, And then our older daughters have blessed us with six, sorry, five grandchildren, (laughs) the oldest of whom is six. So we have a lot of littles in our lives who call me Mimi, and that's pretty much one of my favorite things ever. (laughs) And both of us are from really big families, so we sort of love kind of loud, messy, um, ups and downs, roller coasters kind of family, a little rough and tumbly here and there, but lots (laughs) of love and lots of um, time together in that regard. And um, we're also big fans of creating family. So we Mm -hmm. have folks in our life who are parts of our family that aren't related to us, but we think of like family. So we spend a lot of time with them. I agree. I think you're really good at that. Some of those people even work around us. So that's kind of (laughs) nice. Get to see them regularly.
0: Yeah. So that's me. Great. So You've been a, you've been working with Direction Service for quite a while. Um, right. You are now the CEO, but I you didn't am. start off there. No, and that's
1: one of my favorite things about my story. Here is that you know just about anything is mm-hmm. possible. So I'll celebrate twenty years on the first of June, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks.
0: Wow, what and, an accomplishment! Right? That's
1: yeah, re- it's not common anymore to work. No, it's not one place your whole life, but. Um, I I went through sort of this amazing professional journey and and didn't expect to land here. I uh, always thought that I'd be, well, when I couldn't be an astronaut because I couldn't spin, (laughs) I um, decided that I wanted to be an attorney and I did a legal secretary degree so that I could work my way through school and ended up working in municipal law area and loved it. But started raising my children, realized I really liked being around the little people. So I thought, I'll go to University of Oregon. I'll study education. And I got here and I took a lot of different temp jobs. So I actually worked for the company that was helping build Serbu at Mm. the time that that was going into place. So that's kind of fun. And um, I stumbled into this Uh, administrative assistant job for this little nonprofit. And I knew nothing about nonprofits, and I really knew even less around the world of disability. But I had such a fun time interviewing in this. It was a closet that doubled as a conference room that doubled as a storage (laughs) unit and a library in a very small classroom in the old Parker Elementary School. And I was interviewed by Marshall Peter and Jess Hart, who is our CFO and Marshall's our former director, as you well know, mm-hmm. and many people know, and also the person I was going to be replacing. <clears throat> and I had so much fun that I didn't even ask what the position paid. I just knew that these would be fun people to work with. So I really came into direction service by accident.
0: Can I, uh, I'm going to pause you a little bit. Okay. And uh, I'm going to talk about Marshall. Oh yeah. Let's talk about Marshall. I, I, oh, and he's, I should get him on this one of these days. He's pretty good in front of a microphone.
1: Oh yeah, he's working as a DJ these days. <laughs> yeah, when he's not disc golfing, so he has lots of cool things to or, talk about.
0: Or uh, traveling with uh, the Imagine Dragons or whatever right, else he's a right, right. Yeah, music. He's a music connoisseur. He, an expert
1: in all things eclectic <clears> that way. And I think he's actually helping with a nonprofit around disc golf and youth empowerment. So that'd no be kidding. right That's, up your alley.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. So I'm gonna. So the way I met you was through Marshall, but it was really, it was, that was just very quick because Marshall was one of the first people I met Mm -hmm. Uh, when I, so my very first, like second or third day, like my very first week Mm -hmm. working at Youth Move, I, uh, I, I shadowed Martin for just a couple hours, who Martin Rafferty, who is the uh, uh, director of um, now Youth Era. Correct. And uh, anyways, it was called Youth Move Oregon at that point and he was going to a, uh, like a, the, the director's meeting at, um, Trillium. It mm-hmm. had like, you know, it was like the small group of like the eight movers, the power and shakers. players. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and here I am, I'm sitting in the, the creakiest of chairs ever. And, um, and I actually think, so Marshall came in as a guest speaker that day. I didn't realize he was part of that group normally. Um, but, uh, he was he was speaking and he was and he was advocating on behalf and he gave this huge presenta- presentation this is my very first day well about a week later so i i took note and i just kind of fell in love with them i mean he how could you not right um he and and then bruce abel were just they were just talking they have such a great relationship right but when you don't know anybody and you just see these two people who are just riffing off each other the entire time right having no idea that they're two of the most like incredible people in our community You know, in in their own ways, and I. uh, So I'm at this system of care meeting. That's the the practice level work group. Okay. And Marshall was there, and so he was. I saw him sitting down, and I was like, "This is my like like I said, I'm like a week on the job, and I noticed that he's sitting. You know where he's sitting, and I sit down right next to him. He was the only person I knew but I also knew that I liked him. And I also knew that he was kind of important, you know, you're a smart man. So I sat down right next to him and we, and, and he's just such a, you know, charming, great guy. And he just started, he taught, he brought up the conversation with me and we just started talking the whole time. And I think I gained favor with him that day. And little did I know that I was going to be joining his board in the future. Right, and right. I think he started grooming me the second he met me, you know? Yeah, he um,
1: he he finds the winners <laughs> and cultivates those relationships really, really
0: well. Yeah, he's, he's very good at it. And I, uh, you know, he has favor with me for the rest of my life. And I, um, in some ways, almost like didn't want to tell this conversation because it sounds like I like, you know, attach myself to him because, you know, I knew he was important, but really I just, he was one of the people I knew and I knew I wanted to get to know him because he just seemed so great. And we talked about music that very first day. That does not surprise me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, so that was pretty great. And it was good to see him at the leadership breakfast uh, earlier this week.
1: Yeah. It was great to have him help present an award and recognize folks that are leaders in our community. Um, you know, I think, have you ever talk to like someone who has famous parents or very successful parents and they don't Mm -hmm. realize how cool their parents really are yeah marshall could be that because i stumbled into that relationship Mm -hmm. and he became a mentor and i think i did when i first started working for him i had no idea Mm -hmm. that i was in the presence of greatness and that's true for many of the folks at direction service so dick zeller Mm -hmm. who was also at the breakfast Mm -hmm. and he's our original founder (laughs) who was the guy behind marshall who hired him and Mm -hmm. and brought him in and he credits him as his mentor, but um, I was with him doing a national presentation one time and talking to a young um, state director who I think was near my age, mm-hmm. and so there's there's probably a few years between us and and dick zeller um, yeah and uh he'll chuckle at that and uh he walked away and the young guy from texas looked at me and said do you know who that is that's dick zeller he's like a rock star and i was like yeah you know i get to work with him every single day this is pretty cool so yeah we work with some pretty amazing people around here Uh, i would
0: i would argue that they're all better than rock stars or get you know Mm -hmm. rock stars are important but uh um, I think the difference that uh, people like Dick are making or, right. or you or Martin or, or Marshall oh, you know, uh, worldwide impact for sure. Yeah. Um, see, that's how I feel about you. You know, Aww, I a, like. thanks. You know.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm, um, I'm not the youngest person here anymore. And I was once upon a time. So that's kind of a, I still have residual self image, I guess, where you, I no, still you think give- of myself as 25 and parenting little people and, you know, slugging my way through grad school. But um, <laughs> no, I'm actually a
0: long time out of school now. Well, I, uh, you give off the young vibe. So that's <laughs> thanks. good. Yeah. Yikes. I actually, I mean, so You're not that much older than me, you know, but we're so we're like we really are pretty close in age. Um, but you're so much more accomplished. Oh, no, I I don't think that's true. (sighs) No, I, I, we we can agree to maybe in different ways. How's that? Okay, that's that's okay. We are going to talk about our top five bucket list items. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and I'm going to talk about a few of the things I already did. So, oh, yeah, good um, because I kind of want to do that too. So, this is good. good. We're on the same page. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so. You know, this is—I guess—maybe a loaded question, but I want to get back to kind of you a little bit more. Sure. Um, so, we're going to get into Direction Service a little bit, but sure. you are—but Direction Service is—it's renowned throughout the nation in in a lot of different ways, and you know, the way that you um, are facilitating wraparound in our community, um, and it's we're at such a high level, you know, I really do think that like, you know, I've talked to people nationwide who recognize direction service as a mover, you know, in, in, in throughout the nation and you're located here in Eugene Springfield. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty cool. Really cool. Um, and it's a, it's really a moderate size nonprofit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so like you're the leader of this, how, right. what drives you? How did you get to, like you, you have taken, you have taken the mantle from, from, Marshall and you've continued it um, in some really major ways.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because this is not our first time talking about this. And so I actually listened to what I said to you last time, just to kind of think about what I've already said and where I've been. But um, you know, I, and I'll say some of that again, because it's just, it doesn't change. It's still true. Um, But uh, there's a couple of things. There's, there's sort of the the expected, you know, I have lived experience. I had a mm-hmm. I had a struggle throughout childhood. I'm a childhood survivor and also a survivor of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And so um, I became a single mom and um, really struggled in making all of the things happen. I wanted for my family mm-hmm. and I saw what those wounds did. And so I have a passion for families and I have a passion for people who um, need help and are marginalized in some way. <coughs> and so, and so, um, you know, that hasn't changed. And Direction <coughs> Service really is about families and individuals who are marginalized. So mm-hmm. people experience disability, people who struggle with mental health, mm-hmm. um, kids who are homeless <coughs> is a focus currently. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that we do to just help families put it together. But also, I think part of it is that I'm a Type A personality. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a fan of the Enneagram, I've been Which really I am. I'm learning a lot about myself through that. And I what am. What you a, think you are? Oh, um, I'm very much a three with a lot of two. That's what I am. Right. That doesn't surprise me because you're (laughs) like totally my brother. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, I am the achiever in that I'm always trying to get the A or the gold star. And I always want to, you know, be the best at whatever I'm going to do. And so that with this passion for helping, which is why I'm so much a two is really what drove me to be here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I get a lot of the, um, how do you do it all? Or that kind of question. And I don't. Mm -hmm. And um, I do probably sometimes have that um, indispensable woman syndrome where I put (laughs) my finger in a lot of places. And I have found as I'm aging, I realize sometimes when I'm making mistakes with that, I overcommit or underperform. And Marshall was always a really good mentor around prioritization (laughs) Mm -hmm. and would always teach us around don't promise a horse and deliver a donkey. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so nothing against donkeys, but (laughs) you know, just do what you say you're going to do and be the kind of person that you say you want to be. So um, that's what really drives me. And I love puzzles and problem solving. And so, you know, working in this field, I get to try and think creatively and mm-hmm. I get to do that in a different way than when I was working directly with the families and the, and the youth. But now I get to think about the systems that they have to interact with and I get to listen to the things they say they struggle with mm-hmm. and see if there's ways that we can get out of their way. Really, <laughs> you know, social service is meant to serve them. Mm-hmm. And often we ask them to serve us by doing the things that we want them to do, not the mm-hmm. things they want to do or need to do. Mm-hmm. And so wraparound really came at this really <laughs> pivotal time for me mm-hmm. and really helped me start to think about how we could really elevate family voice and choice mm-hmm. and really support them. So, so it's problem solving on a system scale now instead of in the individual family unit.
0: And when you say it, it sounds so normal, but really it's radical. It's, it is a radical way of thinking, right? You know, we're, Historically people say, you know, I'm going out and I'm doing these things for you. I'm trying to, you know, why can't you just meet me part way or whatever right. this is, not realizing that you're one of 15 people telling them to meet them part way. Right. You know, and in and 15 different places. Right.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. And we who wouldn't be overwhelmed? On. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so um that that was <laughs> always sort of the value of the organization. But what wraparound in the high fidelity wraparound mm-hmm. model came in and gave us a very explicit way of interacting and being and gave us tools that we... I regularly get my mind blown by some of the tools that we're getting to implement here. Mm -hmm. And also, it helped me rethink about the way we did our work. For many years, we had a fire hose approach. (laughs) And and I... (sighs) had three and a half FTE, which is about four people. Mm -hmm. And we were serving five, 600 families a year. And so when you, when you are serving families like that, some people are getting everything they need. Some people are getting none of what they need and that didn't feel good. So when wraparound came and really had this explicit fidelity model that we could only serve a certain number of people Mm -hmm. and you had a caseload that was specific, 15 families, which I thought that sounded like dreamy. Yeah. And in fact, that's actually probably a little on the high side. Now Mm -hmm. the best practice is more like 12. And so um, we began to really alter and change the way we work with families and really give a focus on quality and really um, also um, letting them guide the process so that we could give them the tools and things they needed. So it wasn't, hey, I have a solution for you. It was, Mm -hmm. how do you think we should solve this? What's the best way to accomplish this? And listen to them. Because Mm -hmm. often people have a sense of what would make it better. And we joke about it. We joke about it in such a way that we have this saying around, I asked for a puppy and they gave me therapy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people wanted connection. And so then obviously they must need more counseling. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they don't need counseling. Therapy and counseling are very critical tools, but sometimes you just need a little puppy to cuddle. Yeah. And so listening to the youth that we're working with and hearing what they're saying and then really giving them the things they're asking for mm-hmm. and teaching them how to ask for them without us has been amazing.
0: Yeah, and the goal is for the youth to actually be leading those meetings themselves. Right.
1: Yeah, um, it's a success when someone says of their plan, turn to page two of their care plan <laughs> and is telling you what they want things to look like. It's amazing. And if you think about that, that's a translatable skill that you'll take into the workforce and everyone will be served if you know what your strengths and needs are. So I'm particularly good at certain things and I am weaker in other areas. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I need support. Even me as CEO have Mm -hmm. people around me strategically placed to help me Mm -hmm. be good at this job.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So we're going to pretty soon we're going to be talking about our top five bucket list. Yeah. Um, But before we we do that, um, I know direction service has a couple of things coming up throughout the, you know, the rest of this Sure. Summer and late, you know, I guess beginning of summer, and then also I was, you know, I was hoping that you could tell us if, if people have not heard a direction service, what is something that you want them taking with them? Sure, that's actually
1: a, a common challenge for us. We're sort of one of those. Um, under-the-radar agencies, and we're trying to change that, and Aaron's mm-hmm. helping with things like this. And and we are trying harder to be more visible, and as our capacity grows, that's a little easier for us to do. Mm-hmm. But we have been in the community for 43 years, as we were saying earlier, and our initial uh, charge was to help families navigate school systems. When we came into being the special education uh, law We call it public law in 94-142. So all you SPED <laughs> folks out there just love that I rattled that off. The rest of the world said, huh? But basically, that was the first time kids with disabilities were allowed to be or required to be educated in a public setting <coughs> and allowed to have um, access to things that their typically developing peers had. And so we came alongside parents and helped mm-hmm. parents and schools work together. Um, over time, we realized that there were many systems <coughs> families needed to navigate and mm-hmm. we needed to help them do that. And so we became good at the continuum of care and broad base of special services in our community and and advocates for families and um, facilitators and collaborators. So we also have a counseling center that does the full range of outpatient mental health. Uh, So anyone who um, has a challenge with If they're stuck with a particular Mm -hmm. issue, that's one of the ways our clinical director likes to talk about it. Working with a counselor therapist to get unstuck and and move forward is how they can be helpful.
0: And I'm sure you have a waiting list that's a a year long?
1: No, no, no. no. We actually believe in something called same-day access. So (laughs) there's several days a week where you can call and walk in and get an assessment within that day and then be rapidly assigned a counselor or therapist. Um, We primarily work with folks who have the Oregon Health Plan, but we do have some uh, options for folks who have private insurance or, or have, are underinsured. And, and you should call and talk to us. The other thing I really like about every door that you come into direction mm-hmm. service, if it's not a good fit for us, we're going to figure out who is. So if we mm-hmm. don't have room for you at this moment, we're going to find someone who does. So I, I often call and ask who has openings in the community? Yeah. So that's a really great resource for you. <clears throat>
0: Amy, I'm going to get you to hold on one moment right here, and we are going to take a quick break to listen to my commercial that's on HOPE 107.9. Hi, I'm Aaron Stansbury, a broker with Keller Williams, Eugene Springfield, the host of the Eugene Life Podcast and your Lane County real estate expert. Did you know that statistically you or someone you know is looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate every month? So if you are ready to reap the benefits of owning your own home, or maybe you have outgrown your current home and need an extra bedroom, please think of me, Aaron Stansbury. You can contact me at my website, TheEugeneLife.com. That is TheEugeneLife.com.
1: All right. So uh, I talked about the Counseling Center. We also, one of the things you were kind of referring to was our national impact. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to say that we host the National Center on Dispute Resolution and Special Education called CADRE. And we are in our fifth cycle of five years um, from funding from the U.S. Department of Education. So we're 21 years into that. And uh, we provide technical assistance to all the state departments of education and parent centers in each state around the dispute resolution options when mm-hmm. families and schools have conflict. And um, and that's a g- small powerhouse center that helps um, sort of bring national perspective to the work we do every day with families mm-hmm. in the Youth and Family Services program. So that's kind of cool. And then we're working on a fourth pro- uh, program, which we just got startup funds that's around um, workforce development and technology. Mm-hmm. Technical assistance for traditional health workers, which I think um, is very important element of health and wellness in our community. So that's very exciting. And then you asked me about what's coming up, and so we just had a celebration this week, and it was amazing. So it'll be a little quiet around here, but um, we do have our Day of Giving coming up on June twenty sixth, mm-hmm. where we will. Um, be doing online sort of support and fundraising for direction service and thanking all of our donors throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And then coming up August 3rd, we are so lucky that we have this amazing partnership with the M's Mm -hmm. that they always allow us to be a featured spotlight agency on Star Wars night. So you get to dress in your favorite Star Wars gear, right? And come out and support direction service and watch a little good baseball. And then also in August, we're going to have our first ever golf tournament. So if you're interested, in golf or actually just having a really good time um you can come on out and do that with us and we're looking for sponsors for some of the holes so that it could be a fun-filled day so yeah that's one way you might be
0: able to get to know us better and support our work that's awesome i'm planning on being there for the golf tournament and then i know you also have a a a A pints activity in in September? Yes.
1: For those of you who love to drink our local beer, Ninkasi is famous for their Pints for a Cause, and this will be our first ever um, foray with them. And we'll be
0: in the Ninkasi tasting room in September. I think it's September 12th. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And they'll be in, and people can find direction service on. On Facebook? And, and, yes, we're and, on Facebook. I
1: just started our Instagram. So look for that more information to, about that to come. And we are available by the um, website at
0: www.directionservice.org. Awesome. And you'll be sharing events as they come Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, before we, we discuss our top five bucket list, here's a quick commercial. Are you looking for a healthy alternative? Have you been to the Vitality Bowl on Coburg Road, right next to Cafe Four Forty? Load your bowl full of fresh fruit, honeys, granolas, nut butters, and all sorts of superfoods. Go for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, or dessert, and you will not be hangry or upset. Vitality Bowl on Coburg Road, right next to Cafe Four Forty. All right, Amy. Before we uh um, get into our current bucket list. I thought we'd like, I'd like to discuss a little bit about, um, how our bucket list probably aren't what they used to be. (laughs) They've changed a little bit. Um, I know that for me when I was in my twenties, I actually felt like I completed a lot of bucket list items, Uh, but now as a father in his mid thirties, um, who really just would like a vacation once in a while, you know, bucket lists change a little bit. Um, did you want to discuss some, maybe some of the things that you were able to do, and you know, and and maybe how things have changed a bit?
1: Yeah, well, that's exactly why I wanted to talk about this because <laughs> I um, I just had one of those conversations with my husband where he very gently led me to an epiphany that probably was obvious to everyone else, but um, I'm actually middle aged and <laughs> and I don't feel middle aged. I think I've been 35 since I was like 15, so um, I still feel 35 even though I'm not, and I'm a grandmother. So you know, it's 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 appropriate, but he asked me how long I wanted to live. And when I said, you know, in my nineties, it was like, do some math. You're like halfway there. And I was like, whoa, I am halfway there. And so, yeah. Nice at-
0: of David to point this yeah, out. He's, yeah. He's,
1: he's kind that way. And he did it very, very subtly and gently. <laughs> and, and, in all the ways that a very loving husband would gently lead you to understanding where you really course, are in life. Um, unlike my teenagers who would have told me how once upon a time, how old I am, (laughs) but yeah, so I just had a birthday Mm -hmm. and I, um, um, I actually just got my first tattoo. Did you? And I'm I'm actually really proud of that. It took us five years to make it happen. We were gonna do it for my 40th. Uh-huh. We did it on my 45th and um with my best friend. And that was one of my bucket list you, things. Is there
0: something you want to share about it? Or yeah. So um is it too personal. I no, don't it's mean. not it's on
1: my foot and it okay. and it, I'll show you even. Yeah. Um it's in its healing phases. But um <laughs> I went to Queen Bee tattoo, by the way, for awesome go. experience with them. And um, and I was nervous about it. it's on my foot, and it's supposed to be pretty faint painful, but. She and I, um, when we were just dating our now husbands, went to see Wicked, the Mm -hmm. musical in um, LA. And I have since seen it five times. And it is very. Come into town, it is. It it? is.
0: My wife and I have never seen it.
1: Yeah, you should. It It is a powerful story. And, you know, what I love about it, first of all, I saw it with my best friend. So there is this kind of girl power best friend thing that I think every woman should see it with your best friend. And,. Um, but there's also themes in it that are really powerful to me as someone who works in the field of disability and, mm-hmm. and advocacy and, and there's this this sentiment about defying gravity. So I have this lovely little wicked tattoo that says defy gravity on my foot. And it's a challenge to me to remember to, you know, struggle against limits that have been imposed on me mm. just because someone thinks they're so anyway. That's a line from the musical. That's
0: awesome. So that that's one of the things you complete. That's super cool. Yeah. So well.
1: anyway, it was good timing mm-hmm. and I thought. I would yeah. really love to hear what's on Aaron's bucket list. <laughs> and my daughter just was in Africa working as uh-huh. a volunteer in a clinic. And while she was there, she bungee dump, jumped, bungee jumped off Victoria Falls in a developing country. In I a developing, developing country. country, right? And she sent me the video and then said, "By the way, mom, sorry, this is what I just did." And she, <laughs> yeah. you know, granted, she's an adult and she's entitled to do the entitled to do those things. Absolutely. But I just realized that once upon a time that would have been on my bucket list, and it's yeah. not anymore. I have no desire to jump off a perfect. <laughs> good bridge or out of a perfectly good plane. Um, and so I it just got me thinking about how our lists evolved as we became parents, as we age,
0: what's meaningful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so I try to stay away from things like walking my daughter down the aisle or um, at her wedding or becoming <laughs> like a hundred percent. I know. Like, like, obviously those are, these are things that like you know, I, I want to do and I, and I fully expect to be able to do, you know, um, yeah, I, I wrote in there, you know, becoming a hundred percent debt-free, you know, that's going to be That's a great awesome. goal. I want to retire someday. Like yeah. that will be awesome. But again, they, they kind of felt like cop-outs, you know, <laughs> to start putting those down. Yeah. You know? I
1: mean, when you, when you are about to kick the bucket, will it matter if you are debt-free? Yeah. Right? I mean, it will help you accomplish other things. So don't get me absolutely, wrong. It's a great absolutely. goal, but is it a bucket list goal?
0: <laughs> that's a hard thing to think about. Totally. Totally. Um, so I wanted to, I, I was lucky enough that I was able to do quite a few things when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I rode, uh, I drove all Route 66 with a couple friends. That's awesome. Was really fun. They were uh, um, friends from England because I think pe- people in England really make it a bigger deal than, sure, sure. than we do here. But it was yeah. a really cool thing to do. Um, I ran some marathons. I did uh, Olympic-sized triathlons. I traveled all over Europe. I won an eating contest which is a fun thing. to. That's amazing. I actually broke a record. Okay. What were you eating? Watermelon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I actually have a video of it and I'll have to show you. In this oh
1: yeah. Day. I'm super stoked to see that.
0: Um, I, I skydived and uh, I became a certified scuba diver. The one thing I did want to do that I wasn't able to when I was younger was I wanted to ride a bull. I got on like a, I got on like multiple lists that like, if like a, uh, an actual uh, cowboy didn't show up at like a fair they would call me and I could just show up and I had like equipment that I was going to borrow from like people who knew what they were doing. Sure. And, and it cost like $50 just to, but like, I just thought, I just thought it'd be like the most fun thing ever. And you know, and I figured if I'm going to do it ever, I'd rather do it in front of like a big crowd of people at like a rodeo. Yeah. Um, if, well, if you, if you I really want to make that make happen, a... I am from Clamble Falls. I bet <laughs> I could know don't. some people who could hook you up. <laughs> so in Columbia County, I was on the waiting list a bunch of different times. That's and, awesome. uh, and the one time that they actually, uh, they had an open spot. I happened to be out of town and it was like, it was so annoying. Um, but that so was that's, something, that remains on the list? It It is off the list now. Okay. I, I don't right. I don't need the, I have a little less testosterone, I guess. Right. Would, Jenny, I don't know what it would is. Jenny
1: object to you I don't, hurtling yourself around an arena on the back of a very angry, large beast?
0: Yeah, it's a little, it's, you know, it's not that I'm afraid of it, but it's probably not the wisest thing for me to do. I'm also not in near the shape I was when I was in my twenties, you know? Right, right. Um, so
1: there's a reason why they stopped doing it in their 30s i think early 30s is probably pretty old for a bull
0: rider people who are actually bull riders don't want to do it at my age so me doing it at my age probably is even a worse idea the recovery Um, is pretty rough yeah yeah um so uh so things have changed Uh, i I did have a couple i did have like an honorable mention did you have any honorable mentions yeah yeah mine is
1: kind of like you're walking your daughter down the aisle i um i just really because i didn't grow up with that kind of family i i have some family friends who whose mom is sort of the home base and like Mm. everyone knows her and everyone loves her and one of my bucket lists is for our family home to be that for folks and so on it i have like ideas about a wraparound porch and the kind Mm. of kitchen that so that but i think it already might be kind of happening where, sure. you know, with grandkids and kids, they come home. I want to be a place of rest and a place of laughter and that's
0: all so those good. things for them. Yeah. So that's that. sort
1: of my honorable
0: mention. Uh, the honorable mention that didn't make it for me was, uh, I really want to go to Israel. Like it, it very easily could have been in this, you know, top five list, but I'd love to sure. go to Israel, um, read the Bible there and some of the locations that are actually, you know, like, I don't know, something about that would be really great. Right, um, I've actually, so I, I've been to Europe a bunch of times, but I've never been to Italy. My family has an Italian food restaurant. I love to eat. Right, that's that's got to happen. Costa Rica, I've always thought it'd be fun. I wanted to go down the Amazon River. I always thought that'd be good and maybe experience Africa. So, like some traveling things that I didn't really mention.
1: But yeah, you know, I've never left the continental US. Oh, really? So I have some serious travel. I was busy raising family, and so I didn't have that opportunity. So it's definitely in my future.
0: Well we're not that far from difference in age and you're already a grandmother. So you know. you well, and I went different routes, you know, you're right, do right. a lot of different things, you know, when I'm still have like teenagers. You right. Know? Right. Yes. So we'll, we'll share
1: those stories later.
0: Awesome. All awesome. right. So number five on your list, what do you have?
1: I want to, um, take a long road trip with my dad. And, um, so it's on our list to maybe purchase Mm -hmm. a fifth wheel. And I want to take a fifth wheel trailer and my dad to like Glacier National Park and to, um, Yellowstone Park. I've been to those parks with my daughters, but my dad hasn't. He really, um, and traveling by himself probably isn't the best thing at his age. And Mm -hmm. so I want to take him on a trip like that.
0: That's really cool. That's a great, um, that's a great one for your bucket list. And um, I, I, support that. I don't sound too old when I say stuff like that. No, That's what I, worry I think that about. sounds great. Yeah. Um, so, um, for me, my number five is, uh, so from the summers of 2002 to 2007, um, I worked at a summer camp outside of, uh, Philadelphia called Camp Green Lane. Had some amazing times there. Um, some of the best times of my life. I made incredible lifelong friends there. Um, it honestly shaped, shaped a lot of aspects of my personality today. Um Jenny has seen tons of videos and pictures and she's heard stories and met friends. So I would love to go visit there and show Maggie and and Jenny, oh. you know, kind of like this this place that I spent some of my youth at where you know, she's heard so much about sure. and introduce her to people who I haven't seen, you know, in since 2007 a lot of them. That's great. And uh yeah and um, you know, show her, you know, some of uh, a place that I kind of feel like I left my mark on a little bit, but also it left a mark on me. It's uh, so I would love to do that. That's so a great one. trip to the Northeast the United States and hit uh, up camp Green Lane, maybe for like the alumni basketball game or something.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just looking at my list and realizing how much of my list really has me going places because <laughs> I've spent so much of my life building home and staying at home.
0: So yeah. Well, well as a as on your board i know you don't take your vacation days like you're supposed to so maybe this will be some motivation yeah
1: yeah <laughs> definitely there there is this idea of um there's never enough hours in a day and i think my husband has some wisdom in saying you need to define what success is and then and then make it you know mm-hmm. possible for you to have rest too mm-hmm. so balance is something that needs to be on my bucket list finding balance definitely Anyway. So is my turn?
0: Yes. Number four.
1: So the next thing I want to do is um, I want to take a little solo trip by myself. I've never gone on a vacation by myself and I've never been an adult without children. I got married at 18 and had babies pretty young and um, and i've always been married or always had kids and so i've never lived by myself yeah. i've never even i've traveled for work a little bit but you mm-hmm. always meet colleagues along the way totally. so i'd love to go somewhere <laughs> where i didn't talk for a couple of days to anybody totally. and i just had to be
0: with myself where would you, where do you think that would be would it be like tropical would it be like super old, like, like, you know, a place in Europe that has tons of history, what, right. would, what would you, you know,
1: I'm open, um, yeah. because I want to go tropi- tropical. I'll talk a little bit about that on another item. Cause yes. see, there's a theme here, I've got one but I'm, too. <laughs> I'm super open to just being somewhere. Um, it probably would be good if it weren't, um, a place where I'm going to be around a lot of tourists. So maybe not somewhere like that, but maybe somewhere in the mountains. It could be, I real. I grew up, um, with my summer spent on a lake, so I wouldn't Mm. mind maybe a cabin on a lake and some good books and just myself.
0: That reminds me a little bit of one of mine, but I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So number four for me. Um, so my wife, Jenny, um, one of hers is to go to all of, all four majors in tennis, you know, and uh, so that would be really, and uh, that's something that she would love to do, and I would love to do that with her, but mine mine wouldn't be tennis, you right, know. I think right. that, I mean I would love to go, you know, go go to all the events, but uh, for me, I would probably say number one would be to go to like a national championship for Oregon. Um, for ba- and basketball specifically because oh, right, you're a blazer fan and also and, and, well, for or- the oregon ducks oh for the or, ducks oh yeah but yes. i would also so you're reading on my my sorry my, my list a no bit. i knew you were a blazer fan because yeah. i've listened to your podcast yeah 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 <laughs> so hmm. uh, i would say no if i could choose in just one i would choose oregon basketball smart guy portland trailblazers would be number two and then the other thing that i think would just be so much fun would uh WrestleMania is like a week long event. It's so much fun. They have people from all over the world that come and there's just like all these different events. And, um, and it's probably one of the dorkiest things I like, but I I just think that uh, a full week of just nerding out with really fun events. That's great. You know, I, I just think that would be. A lot I'm an of fun. '80s baby,
1: so we loved the wrestle wrestling when I was a kid. I think Ric Flair.
0: Oh yeah, all these great, yeah. He actually, uh, he just went in the hospital yesterday. Oh. Uh, <laughs> love that you I know, know that. I'm sorry to hear that, Rick. I hope you have a speedy recovery. So, like, I you know, I don't watch wrestling every week or anything like that. Um, but I, I I I do I do love learning about it. I think it's just I so I think it's the most disrespected art form in the entire world. That's probably it's, fair because people look down on it. But right. I will fight you you know, to like, you know, in words to explain like that, that I think wrestling is a, is really is an art form and people, um, look down on it. So there's the sport piece and then there's the entertainment factor. So there's a lot to it. The fact that someone will spend their entire life, um, working as a underneath person, who's not going to, you know, be good in a made up sport, right. You know, and their job is to make other people look good in a choreographed fashion, like I don't, that's, that's, that's art. That's really admirable. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I just think that that's, like, I think it's beautiful in a weird way. I like you know? it. I like um, it. But, uh, so that, that would be, you know, I would say boat championships for the trailblazers and the ducks first. All right. But, I have
1: a question for you though. Okay, let's hear it. Boys or girls, women's or men's basketball championship for the ducks. Cause this is kind of like how
0: I get to know where, where you are. Well, or, are I, not? If, no, 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 no. So I would, I would love for, you know, the Oregon women to, and I, and I rooted for him. I even did an, or, an Oregon woman's podcast, Right. but I mean, I'm, I love Dana Altman. I'm I I'm a, I'm definitely so close so many times. Right. Yeah. So now it's time. I think yeah. he's an underappreciated coach for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: all right. My turn. Okay. So another travel one. Um, this one is actually something we're, we're making plans on achieving and it's to visit all 50 States before I turn 50.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: So, you know, goal oriented and, and thinking about some of the places I haven't been that I want to go and, uh, maybe Alaskan cruise Mm -hmm. and yeah, I've never been to Hawaii. So all of those places would be really fun. Cruises are fun. Right. I keep hearing um, yeah. that. And I have friends from Alaska and my sister-in-law is from Alaska. And so I hear about the beautiful country. So I'd love to do that. My
0: parents just went on a, a two-week cruise. They've been planning this for years and they had just the best time. Where'd they, they go? The Caribbean. Oh, very um, cool. Well, they, en- they went to the Caribbean, ended up on, you know, they started off in Miami, went around, ended up in LA. I think okay. It, that's how it went. Sounds so. like a good trip. Yeah. Uh, they, had, they had an absolute blast. Um, they actually leads me to my third. Okay. Um, cause what I want to do is I would love to rent and I kind of stole this from, from Jenny, my wife. Um, but i love it. Uh, I want to rent a catamaran and Island hop with friends and family and just go from Island to Island. Um, it, I would, I would guess the Caribbean, but I don't really, you know, I don't really care. open to tropical. I, Yeah, I just want, I just want tropical. I want to be able to snorkel with, You know, really beautiful scenery. Sure. Um, I love to scuba dive. I've never, so I've only scuba dived in like, uh, like lakes. And it's been years since I've done it at all. So I'd love to actually be in like a nice warm water tropical area and scuba dive and see all the cool things you can see a little bit further down. That sounds awesome. Um, So, yeah. So I would love to do that. Um, I have a, a really interesting story about the Caribbean that maybe I'll share with you off air and that I'll probably make a, uh, a podcast of its own one of these days. Oh, that sounds intriguing. Um, I, uh, I got stuck in a, I got stuck in the, in a foreign country with no ID, no money. I knew no one. And I had to, I I had to find my way out of that. Oh, that's um, awesome. And I, I, yeah. And it was in the Caribbean on a cruise ship. Basically the cruise ship left without me and I got stuck in the bahamas actually how old were you i was like 24 probably 22 i don't know something i was in my early 20s and yeah i had had no identification no cell phone no driver's license all i had was my royal caribbean card and like seven dollars
1: oh my gosh that's gonna be a great story yeah it is and an exercise
0: in problem solving (laughs) yeah yeah and and probably uh thankful that my grandma had been praying for me, like my entire life. or <laughs> so, something. So you're well covered. I was an idiot and I <laughs> somehow <laughs> found my way out of it. So that's amazing. Yeah.
1: I also noticed that your, your item and Jenny's item was aligning. I think that's pretty yeah. amazing when that starts to happen in a marriage. That's a, that's a
0: good sign. Well, when your bucket list overlap. Truthfully, if she's happy, I'm happy, you happy know, wife. and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if, if she's unhappy, like my day is going to be horrible. You know, and, uh, and so I love giving her things that she wants, but also at the same time, like I, I love traveling with friends and, yeah, and I just love having nothing having to do other than enjoying the sun and just enjoying life. So that's, I'm all about it. We can agree.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely trying to find ways to make that happen. So my next (laughs) item is to take my husband and visit like the 10 greatest beaches in the world. Oh, yeah, and like, like we're going to do it with the critics. eye because ah. are they really the 10 best? We want to take some data. You need to blog about right? it. Right. And, and then you get
0: paid for it. Too. Maybe
1: so. Yeah. Right. And take some great photos and yeah. collect some sand and just, you know, I love data. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of how <laughs> I roll. So, you know, let's take some data on some great
0: beaches. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So was that your, was that your number two? Yes. I like that. That's yes. good. Yes. My number two is something Jeff probes. If you're listening to this, um, that the, this is for you. Um, I, my number two is that I would love to go on survivor. I want to be on survivor. I've been list, watching since season one. Um, I actually remember being in, in high school. So I had to have been like, I was riding the school bus. So I had to have been under 16 years old. So I was probably like 14 or 15. And the people on the radio were talk were making fun of the idea of Survivor because this is before we had really reality TV outside sure. like the real world and Road Rules challenge, you know, like <laughs> I love that you know all those things. Oh, I, I, I still watch the challenge. You it, do this is the other trashy thing in my life. That's that awesome. Um, if people can be proud about watching like The Bachelor, I I should be able to watch the challenge. Absolutely. I'm still a good person. Right. You know, it right. doesn't mean I'm, you know. Just because I'm 35 years old and watch MTV still doesn't mean um, that there's anything wrong with me. <laughs> not, not at maybe all. Maybe a little bit. Okay, <laughs> maybe know. a little. Um, but uh, anyway, so I just I've been hooked on the idea of Survivor, and I just I love the idea of gameplay and the challenge uh, itself, and just being part of that world. So that That's would great. be. And I, I actually last summer I I did uh, did try out for it. I'm going to try out some you more. Did? Yeah, I've tried I tried out a couple times. Or just, I think I've just actually tried out once. I've made some videos and never sent some kind of deal, but I'm gonna get better at that. I think you should clue into um Angela and her family.
1: They are really good at challenges. Ah. So they could come up with some challenges for you and you could do some video. They'll help you. They're really it. good at trying to find ways to embarrass me too. So I love
0: it. That's good. That'd be fun. Okay. <laughs> um and then so now we're already on to our number one I know we went through
1: that pretty fast. Well I was pretty thematic but this one is different. Okay. Let's so see about it. Um, I learned to read when I was four. Mm-hmm. And um, have always felt like books were my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the traveling and things I didn't get to do, I did in books. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm an old school book sniffing kind of person. And I want mm-hmm. my own bookstore.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So you, right now, I know that you're on a challenge for yourself. Right. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, you
1: know, last year I wanted to read a hundred books in a year. Mm -hmm. And so this year, um, every time I, I am, um, Instagramming about it, I Mm -hmm. started its own little Instagram. So people who follow you do, that's awesome. So, you know, if you were a bookish person like me, you could follow it and, and, um, I wasn't taking up the other part of my Instagram life with all of my book posts. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. But um, so right now, if you look, it'll say book <laughs> one of, and it'll be a shrug because I yeah. realized that a um, hundred books was probably not manageable with the hours I work. Yeah. Um, however, I have discovered Audio books, and yes. while I can't sniff them, mm-hmm. I can listen to them while I'm driving around town, which I do a lot mm-hmm. of. And so I've been having the most fun, and it's also really good self care. Mm-hmm. I've had a great experience listening to a lot of um, female, funny, intelligent women. So I listen to Tina Fey Love narrate it. her story, Amy Fants Poehler, Funny
0: Pants, Bossy Pants, Bossy Pants, yes,
1: yeah. and Amy Poehler. I listen to Anna Kendrick, and um, I'm trying to think of who, I- oh, Lauren Graham, who's from Gilmore girls yeah, so that's a guilty yeah. pleasure. And then I also listened to Michelle Obama's book.
0: Oh there you go. Yeah. And I've
1: really missed her voice and mm-hmm. that was really fun. So right now I'm actually listening to Simon Sinek so not funny and not a woman <laughs> but really related to leadership. So yeah, that's the way I'm getting some books in but I want to sit around in a in a bookshop and maybe sell you know chai or soup and yes. sandwiches and just to get to <clears throat> peruse the shelves and help people find new friends and adventures in the stacks.
0: I like that. So in uh, Newburgh, there is a uh, a bookstore there that sells like uh, coffee, and I think they sell beer at night. Nice. Or maybe I just made that up, but I it's always, a great idea. I've always liked the idea of having a you know like a cafe in the morning, and then like you know yes. like beer, wine, and cocktails at night, and just you know light eats in right. a bookstore setting. So like people can just sit there and they can they can read, they can have you know, book groups, Bible studies, anything yes. like that. I've always thought that would be really uh, a, a thing that a town like Eugene or Springfield or Cresswell or any, you know, Lane County really needs.
1: Yeah. So, that's a great idea. So you
0: have an investor in me. I like All you. right. Awesome. Um, so that actually, you, you, our, it's funny how ours tied together so well. Um, I want to write a book. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I, and I, so I love the idea of also not just writing a book, but going away and like disappearing for a while and only focusing on a book. Like I could see myself, you know, going and spending a couple months in like a, like a lake house or a, uh, um, you know, a, uh, um, a beach house with yeah. my family, but spending a, a, you know, my work day basically right. writing and researching. And cause I, I, it wouldn't be a creative book. It would be, Uh, Probably some sort of argumentative sports book, you know, talking about just like the history and maybe, you know, debating certain things. Why you should get behind wrestling. Well, so the idea of wrestling being the most disrespected art form. That would be a great book. I actually think it would be too. And I've that's always been kind of like this thing on the side because I've told so many people that and they go, they basically tell me that I'm wrong but they're proving my point when they do it. They're like, Oh, you can't call that art. You just proved my point that it's disrespected. It's definitely art. You know, right, like I can, right. I can fight you on that. If, if TV, you know, if, 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 if acting is art, if, you know, if uh, you know, dance is art. is, I mean, if all these different things, I think you can, all those elements. It's t- yeah. It's pretty close. I think so, you're already writing your outline right now. Yeah, and right. I'm picturing
1: your audio book. You could have like famous wrestlers come in and, and, read pieces of it in the narration that would be amazing
0: you know and there are they're actually so this is probably the most hipster thing about me because it's so counterculture i can't believe that this this is not in the notes that's a we were, confession from aaron here well, we go no but there are a lot of very successful very you know smart people who who are part of that world yeah, you know the the Bill Simmons. I'm not talking about Donald Trump, right? Who no. is a Hall of Famer, but I'm you know or or Vince McMahon. I mean, they're both the same person in a lot of ways, and <laughs> not for good reasons. Um, uh, but you know, they are you know, but like the the Bill Simmons of the world. Or there's a lot of like sports right sports writers who are um, you know there's a whole bunch, and I'm blinking on some names right now. But anyways, the whole point is is I I think that that would be really fun and it doesn't have to be on that topic, but I love, you know, maybe researching some basketball and just kind of, you know, uh, Bill Simmons had a book called like, Oh man, it's like 10 years old now, but he basically went through the history of basketball and kind of did his own thing. And I I love that he did that and maybe some sort of, take but in a different direction well
1: and maybe when you're doing research you'll stumble across this story like i love bob welch and he finds these great stories about these people that you would Mm -hmm. never have known Mm -hmm. if he didn't tell you their story and i love that so many stories are out there for us
0: to just waiting to be heard and you might find one of them so we have a mutual friend and i'm going to share um who this person is i'm just saying this right now um but Bob should tell her story because, I think that he knows of it, and that, and this needs to happen. It's Gina Baines. Oh yeah, Gina has the most incredible story, um, and uh, I I just respect her so much as like a, just like a, social worker in our community, right? Um, who who grew up in just really difficult times, yeah. And and it would be really great to have a voice like Bob's to you know, to sculpt her story. Right. You know, Um,
1: I'm looking at this book on my shelf that's called forces for good. And that's mm -hmm. like, that should be
0: Gina Bain's story. I mean, she is a force for good. Absolutely. I read, uh, so glass castle is one of my favorite books. I love that book. And, um, after hearing Gina's story, you know, just from being friends with her, I, I actually think that it, it is as equally as compelling, if not more. Sure. Um, so I just, if someone is that, good at writing you know yeah. like if someone is that type of writer like you have a best a, a, a best story if you can um, pay her enough money to, to share that story right right so, i think that's a great idea good um, thinking yeah absolutely amy i like to end every podcast by putting over the people in places that help um, make our community such a great place to live uh, do you have anybody you'd like to give a shout out to?
1: Yeah. Well, because I've listened to your podcast, I knew about this. And so I'm going to be a little bit of a mic hog. Um, so thank you for do indulging it. me. Absolutely. We just had a leadership breakfast and we recognized a ton of fantastic people and partners um, that that work with DS um, sorry, direction service. We call it DS around here a lot, and we we listed those folks and all these agencies, and we also recognized leaders of the Fifteenth Night Movement, mm-hmm. which is aiming to help youth who are home experiencing homelessness get off the streets into safe places. And mm-hmm. we love being a part of that. And so I feel like I would be shouting out um, those folks, but um, I have a very specific person I want to shout out, and I have sort of a group of people. And I'll start with the group. Sure. Uh, people may have watched recently and experienced some, maybe some hardship, because mm-hmm. if you have children in school, you may have be, been impacted by school closures. But um, I just want to shout out teachers and educators who were brave enough to say, this isn't okay. Um, as an educator, I'm trained as an educator, even though I don't work as one, and I work with them a lot in, in our work here at Direction Service. I, um, I see where Oregon has the shortest school year, We have the lowest um, graduation rates among the states, not the lowest, but one of. Mm -hmm. And our classrooms are just too big to be effective. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I watch teachers struggle. I watch them use their own money to buy things for classrooms, and they don't make nearly enough for as hard as they work. Absolutely not um I mean they hold they work sick they hold their bladder they mm-hmm. do all kinds of crazy things for our kids and mm-hmm. and our kids deserve better and so I just want to shout mm-hmm. out teachers for for being brave and standing up and saying your children deserve better and um and our children deserve better so thank you for standing up for children and then also my specific person and yes it's a little cheesy but <coughs> you um you can't stand in front of a group of people and recognize leaders and have them stand up without noticing who's by their side mm-hmm. you can't talk about what happens here without talking about the people who are by our sides. And so I just want to shout out my husband Mm -hmm. who is um, an incredible partner. Um, He really is a partner to me in this work as well. He brought dinner as an example to the staff working late on Tuesday night before an event. He's the first one to jump in his car and go pick something up across town. He brings dinner to me regularly. If I'm working late, if he wants to see me, I mean, Mm -hmm. he just, he cares so much about what we do and um, you know, I spent a lot of years as a single mom. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't prepared to give up wearing the pants in the family. And I met this amazing guy who was willing to be the belt and he really holds up the pants and he really holds us all together. So thanks David for being the amazing partner you are.
0: That's awesome. I don't know how I follow that. Sorry. I'm a little cheesy. No, that's, that's great. Um, so actually the the way I'm going to follow it was something that's actually kind of sad to talk about. Um, Peace Health is attempting to close the Nurse, nurse Midwifery Birth Center at Sacred Heart Riverbend. Um, in September, Jenny and I uh, had our daughter Maggie at the midwifery, um, and we were, uh, it was a very tough labor for Jenny. Um, Maggie's little head was actually stuck in Jenny's, uh, um, her hip, and it was incredibly painful for Jenny, um, but it was also important for Jenny, um, to Jenny, to have a natural birth. And, uh, the nurse, the nurse midwives, as well as our doula, Tiffany Granton, um, worked with Jenny all night, like literally all night long, Mm. um, through the morning. Um, she's uh, the real MVP. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For hours and hours, um, doing all sorts of exercises and I mean, doing things from having contractions on her head to just being in a a bathtub while they held, um, held like the the, the nozzle and, and sprayed her off with warm water. You know, I mean just the, the care that they had um was remarkable. And um and eventually uh we were able to reposition um Maggie's head safely. Um and then they were also able to help um lower the swelling in her cervix to allow for a natural birth. Um at no point did we feel unsafe or like we uh were not in the best possible hands. Um, and I have no doubt that if we were in the hospital, Jenny would have been forced to have a C-section. Right. Um, and that was not her desire. Um, Maggie was safely de- delivered on September 30th. And we are forever grateful for the long-term support we've received um, from the midwives. So not just that day, but they have continued to um, give service to Jenny and, other, and all the other mothers um, and families. Uh, it is my belief that, the decision is a financial decision from Peace Health um, and not a decision based on the service um, for their clients. Uh, hospital births are far more expensive for both right. um, us and our insurance, and uh, and the hospital benefits from that. Um, and so I'm kind of disgusted by Peace Health, and I urge anybody listening to learn more about this and follow hashtag Save the Nurse Midwifery Birth Center. That's hashtag Save the Nurse Midwifery Birth Center. Um, you can look that up on Facebook, Twitter, um, and just uh, and learn a little more about it. If you know somebody who is in uh, a leadership position at Peace Health, I, I I ask that you just you you ask them about it and see what they say, um, because uh, you cannot uh, It's going to be really hard for me to be um, swayed that it's not that it has anything to do with actually serving the people of our community better.
1: Yeah. I think we need a range of options <clears throat> Absolutely. for, for all, um, families delivering. And, and so I think it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a tragedy to think that we wouldn't have that in our community.
0: The hospital is not a bad place. The hospital is a great place. No. And And, there's a tremendous
1: amount of caregiving mm -hmm. that happens in there, but there is something said for a different environment and time that, that folks can dedicate to, to you Mm -hmm. while you're, while you're struggling like Jenny did, Mm -hmm. um, and not be rushed into a very,
0: very invasive, expensive procedure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just think that our community, you know, needs, um, the service that the midwifery center is, is allowing. Um, I, I believe if we don't have this, uh, we'll probably have more hospital bir- or, uh, home births, Correct. um, which is going to be far less safe. Um, because just because you're not going to be right next to the hospital. Sure. Um, so, um, uh, and, uh. Yeah. And in, in a way they're, they're, they're forcing uh, women to do things with their bodies that they, you know, that wouldn't be part of their birth plan otherwise. Right. So um, I'm just not behind this. Um, Amy, you're a rock star. Thank okay. you so much um, for, for joining me today. Um, I hope everybody enjoys today's podcast as we are, um, and as always, if you are, you or someone you are, you know, is looking to buy, sell or invest in real estate, contact me, Aaron Sandsbury, Aaron S at kw.com or at 503-396-1787. Also, if you know someone that, uh, would like to put, o- you would like to put over or you disagree with our top five lists, please let me know in the comment thread. Um, do not forget to subscribe to the Tele Podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks, Amy. Thank you.